Welcome to the Peter Gabbett Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. I'm your host, Peter Timothy Hankst, and today is June 5th, 2020, which means I am on day 174 in a row of 365 promised episodes that brings you unedited, unscripted, improv, news, movies, music, sports, food, entertainment, and all things except politics. UFC just announced their lineup for the June 13th fight card at the Apex in Las Vegas, and it is stacked. It's headlined by a five-weight, flyweight bout between Cynthia Calvillo and Jessica Evil Eye. This should surely be a fantastic event. But speaking of UFC, there's a UFC fight card on pay-per-view tomorrow night. I am super excited about this, folks. The prelims start at 3 p.m. Pacific time and go all the way until the fight card main event begins at 7. Now, I gotta say, I'm gonna be watching fights all day. Nothing can stop me. I'm about the prelims, and I even like the pre-prelims, because sometimes you see a fight during those desperate times where fighters are just trying to get a name for themselves in the UFC. They're not really well known. They don't have a lot of fans and they want to impress the judges and Dana White and the commentators and obviously people in the stands usually, but there won't be any. So this is their opportunity to shine. And a lot of times you see the best fight in these prelim fights and you know, you get to the main event and some of these guys, you know, they've they've been fighting for years. They have a lot of fans. People know about them. So they're not too worried about if they look shoddy when they're fighting somebody else and they, you know, kind of lay on the other person because they're tired. Their cardio's no good. They've been doing too many promotions and not enough training. Sometimes the main event can't hold a flame to the preliminary fights. But I will say the main event tomorrow is going to be awesome with the best female MMA fighter of all time, Amanda Nunez, taking on Felicia Spencer. I cannot wait. It's surprising to me how many UFCs can be headlined by a female fight, but I got to say I'm impressed with it because nothing is more exciting than seeing two women walk into that cage and only one coming out as a champion because, you know, in life, it's just not something you generally see. You know, if you walk out of your house and you see a a train go off the rails and smash into a bunch of trees and half of it explodes, that's something you barely have ever witnessed in your entire life, maybe not at all. And for some reason or another, you won't be able to turn away from it. You stare at it and you're like, I can't believe this is happening. Well, that is how we all felt when initially UFC started to have women fighting each other, and, you know, I couldn't turn away. It's not something I was used to. I never saw two girls beat the snot out of each other like this, and even to this day, I'm not used to it, and it's been a few years. I love it. I can't wait. I'm pretty sure Amanda Nunez is going to come out with a W tomorrow, but only time will tell. Thank you once again, UFC, for providing us with the sports that we need so desperately in this time of nothing else.
I gotta address this for a minute, folks. Now, Drew Brees is facing backlash for simply stating his opinion that he didn't approve of Kaepernick's kneeling during the national anthem because Drew Brees finds it as a personal sign of disrespect to the American flag and the United States military and the people who have fought so desperately to keep us safe in our country. Now, I agree with Drew Brees. I 100% agree. You're allowed to have an idea or an opinion about whatever you want and should not face backlash. And yet, somehow, the entire BLM community and a lot of these people who, you know, have an issue with whatever anybody says, no matter what, and try and twist it into some kind of racist thing, now are giving Drew Brees a whole ton of backlash for stating his opinion about a matter that has nothing to do with race whatsoever in regards to why he thinks the kneeling was a disrespectful act towards the American flag. Now, I don't know how you can twist that into him not liking other races and being a white supremacist or something, but that is ridiculous, people. It is called freedom of speech. You can say whatever you want and should not face backlash from your peers in this manner. Sooner or later, you're going to take away everybody's right to say anything and we'll all just walk around silently out of fear of making somebody upset who's too sensitive or out of, out of somebody getting offended by what you've said when it was simply a matter of your opinion. And as far as LeBron James, that guy is the most whiny, pathetic individual I can ever describe. Each and every day he comes out with a new, extremely and ridiculously pathetic version of what he thinks life is, starting with when he said that black people are hunted on a daily basis the moment they leave their house. Hunted. They're hunted down? Are you kidding me? You are joking, right? You make millions of dollars. Fans adore you. People would spend their life trying to get a face-to-face -face with you for an autograph. And you say those same people are hunting you down. How often are you running from somebody with a gun who's chasing you to kill you, LeBron James. Never. That doesn't happen to you. So stop lying about that. Not to mention his little beef with this lady who sometimes says just stupid remarks on her news show that get her into hot water. Well, I don't even understand how you can think that it's a normal thing for a celebrity like you, a high-profile NBA star to even have an argument with this woman about anything. It shouldn't even bother you or mean a thing. Take the high ground. Be the person you need to be in the eyes of the youth and don't get caught up in these stupid Twitter wars with people that are meaningless. Whatever this lady said that offended you, that offended him, I have no idea because I, I tried to read up on it and nothing she said was offensive 
whatsoever. She simply said Drew Brees should be able to have his own opinion. I agree. So now, you said a person can have their own opinion, and that makes you a racist. Yep. Nobody should be able to have, uh, to have their own opinions. Nobody. Don't have an opinion, or you're racist, according to LeBron James. That guy is a psycho. He is so into himself and obsessed with how he thinks he's just the king of the world. He needs to get brought, brought back down to reality, buddy. You're nothing except a human being like the rest of us. You're not a god. You don't control the world. Everybody can have their own opinion. LeBron James, shut your whiny mouth. You whine after every foul call in the NBA. You whine to the officials the whole time you play. Put your head down like you should in a basketball game like Michael Jordan used to do and Kobe Bryant used to do and put your head down in real life and shut up. You're making yourself look stupid. The official decision for the NBA restarting the season and finishing it out is as follows. 22 teams, the top 22, will compete with eight games left per team to see whose record gets them into the playoffs, which does, in fact, give the Portland Trailblazers an opportunity to make the playoffs if they can get Memphis to lose the majority of their games while the Blazers win the majority of theirs. This is an opportunity for Portland, and it does mean that I'm pretty sure Damian Lillard will play. As he stated before, he wouldn't play if there was a format put in place where the Blazers had no shot at making the playoffs, which I understand. That makes complete sense. Why use your number one player in a time where he, you're not going to make the playoffs anyways. You're just taking a chance that he'll get injured. So, with the eight-game end-season finish, all teams will play in Orlando, as expected, at the Disney World Resort, where there's more than enough space and accommodations for all teams. And once the eight games is done, a playoff format will continue as normal, and we will finally get to crown an NBA champion for the year 2019-2020 NBA season. I'm excited about this because... I do believe the L.A. Clippers have a big an opportunity here, a great shot, if they can pick off the Lakers in the Western Conference because I don't see any Eastern Conference team capable of beating either the Clippers or the Lakers. So, for me, if the Clippers can avoid a playoff battle against the Lakers or the Rockets in the first couple of rounds... And if they face off against him in the Western Conference Finals, that's going to be a challenge for them. Will the Blazers make it past the round one of the playoffs? Probably not. I, I would be extremely excited if they could make the eighth spot. But that will mean they will surely face off against the Lakers, who I'm pretty sure have, from the looks of it, the best team in the NBA all around. But I will say in a playoff setting... I think the Clippers will take the Western Conference. That is my opinion. 
because there are still some young players on the Lakers that choke and some guys that are, you know, have issues with their own head, like LeBron James, who just sometimes he's on, sometimes he's off, but he doesn't choose to be on all the time when he could be, being clearly the most athletic player to ever play in the NBA, which means if he put his mind right and head down and didn't complain all day, he could easily make any team he's on the best every single year. But there are some years that slip away from him because of his attitude and because of the way he chooses to play. That being said, the LA Clippers have a solid team of hard-working players, those who do not complain, they are unified as a team, and they are led by, I think, one of the biggest rising stars in the NBA in the past couple years, Kawhi Leonard. So, for me, I'm hoping for an LA Clippers Western Conference Finals win, and I'm pretty sure that'll give them an easy ride to the actual Finals championship trophy, because there's nobody in the East that can beat them. I want to say Giannis Antetokounmpo and the Milwaukee Bucks have a great shot at winning the Eastern Conference. Will they win against a Western Conference team in the NBA Finals? I don't think so. If they do, I'll be very surprised, and I will eat my own words. I got to give it up to this dude who is going viral online for his Apple Pay shenanigans. I don't know if you've seen this dude, but basically what he does is he puts his phone in his shirt sleeve in such a way with Apple Pay already open that his phone can scan the Pay app while kind of brushing it against the area where it scans in a grocery store or a Starbucks. But he does this while placing an apple down to physically pay for his stuff. And when it works on their computer, the people are baffled. They're apple baffled. Because they're like, how did this payment go through? And all this guy did was handed me an apple. Well, I gotta say, very tricky stuff, my man. I am impressed. Hilarious That is some funny stuff. Now, I do have to say, it kind of sucks that he still ends up paying with his actual Apple Pay app. But uh, this just goes to show that if your phone's open on one of these Pay apps, and you walk by one of the scanners that can take money off of it, then you could be getting money siphoned off of you from just somebody walking by with one of those scanners if your Pay apps are open. So make sure they're not and your phone is locked, unless you're this guy, paying with apples. Yes. In fact, he actually went to a Starbucks recently, where instead of doing his trick with his phone in his sleeve and all that, he actually just tried to pay for his drink with apples, and the clerk loved it so much, they gave him the beverage, and they accepted the apples. So, this guy is like the Johnny Appleseed of paying. Either way... Mad props to you, dude. It's pretty funny. Check it out. Pathetically on TikTok. Yay! Well, the inevitable occurred, and it looks as though the coronavirus cases have skyrocketed across the country in areas where there were protests. What do you know? Now, either they are completely and absolutely lying about this, or analysts 
are correct in their assumption that protesting is spreading the pandemic at a rapid pace because people can't socially distance and they're not wearing their masks and they're screaming at each other and they're slapping hands and giving hugs and doing the things that we should not be doing in order to get over this illness. So what I propose is don't go to a rally, don't go to a protest, and don't spread the illness to the extent in which I will not be allowed to go back to work soon because of everybody being selfish and idiotic. I understand you want to protest the death of a man. And let's be frank about this. You're protesting the unacceptable death of a man at the hands of a dirty cop. However, the person who was killed by this cop is a career criminal with 15 arrests on his record, including a circumstance where he held a loaded gun to a pregnant woman's belly and threatened her. So that's the person you're defending and protesting for. And I understand there's a bigger picture here. It's about police brutality against the people of color community. And I agree that needs to end. But also what needs to end is the spreading of this disease for no reason. Your point has been proven. Protests have been done. So let's call it quits and get back to the voting for who you believe will change these laws to to help you in the future or, you know, conducting surveys and petitions and things that will change the way we are doing things for the better without socially distancing guidelines being broken and the spread of this disease continuing because this is causing me a extra long stretch of my opportunity to build my business up and not go back to work because of this pandemic. And a lot of people are in my boat. I'm not the only one. Tons of people are suffering because they can't go to work, because the disease keeps spreading, because the protesting keeps going on, and this needs to end. So please, people, let's just stop and take a minute to realize what we're doing. Folks, I can't believe it's finally here. It is time for the portion of the Peter Gabbett podcast that I am super excited about. And that is Real Stories brought to you by me, Peter Timothy Hankst, and Barbecusion. That's B-B-Q-U-S-I-O-N. Today, folks, I'm going to tell you the story about when I had been diagnosed with Hodgkin's disease, lymphoma cancer. And after going through a year of chemotherapy and three months of radiation, and being cured, they call it, but really in remission where the cancer could come back at any time, but so far it has not, I was granted the opportunity to go to Universal Studios uh, Hollywood, almost said Orlando, Universal Studios Hollywood, and Knott's Berry Farm, and Disneyland, with a VIP ribbon for each place that would allow me to skip to the front of the lines at each place on account of the fact that I had cancer. 
Now, this was like a golden ticket at Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory. I'm telling you, I could not believe the treatment I received at these places on account of the fact that everyone knew I had cancer because of this ribbon I was wearing, which allowed me to skip to the head of the lines. Now, for the most part, Knott's Berry Farm had rides that were too extreme for everybody I was with. But I hit them up. One was called Montezuma's Revenge, and it went from 0 to 60 in like 3 seconds, and then went all the way in reverse at the same speed. It was crazy. And another one was called the Boomerang, where you would do the whole ride one way, and then do it all in reverse, including like flipping around and doing twists. It was awesome. But, you know, there was one ride that got me flat out sick. And it makes sense. I had a weak stomach at the time. I had just gone through chemo. It sucks. It was called the Supreme Scream. It's basically, you get into this big giant pole that has seats around it, and it shoots you up 250 feet in the air, and then drops you, and right before you hit the ground, it shoots you back up. And so you're just going up and down like an elevator drop thing at a very intense pace, and then it finally leaves you on the ground afterward and you're just like everything's sloshing around inside you. I'd just eaten hot dogs and you know that's not a good mix anyways. Hot dogs and elevator drop. Either way that wasn't even the best part. So I went to Disneyland as well and I got to go on all the rides ahead of people which was in fact kind of awkward and a little bit mean sometimes because it was like people would be waiting for the Space Mountain ride for like an hour and then an associate would walk me past all of them, and then I would just go. And I could tell it was not making some of the people that had waited happy, and they were giving me dirty looks, and they weren't happy about this at all. They were just mad. And, you know, I don't blame them, because I've been to Disneyland regularly many a times, and waiting in those lines suck. And I even did it before we had smartphones to sit and play games on or stare into space forever, you know, I did it when there was no cell phones and you would just stand there and do nothing. And it was terrible. So I understand these these people that were upset. But, you know, it was the one time in my life where I had the advantage of skipping lines at a place. So I definitely did every ride that I wanted to do. And I didn't wait in line and it didn't take me long to accomplish all of them. And it was awesome. But when I got to Universal Studios, it was even better. Because for some of the rides there, they have a separate special ride area for people that, like me, had some sort of VIP thing happening where I didn't have to wait for anybody. And in the case of the Back to the Future ride, instead of this giant line that wrapped all the way up these staircases to the very top where you would finally enter the ride from the ground level which shot out the building and like a hundred feet out it would have taken me like two and a half hours to ride this thing they had this side room where they just took me in all of a sudden and the ride was the same although it wasn't decked out like the other one that you wait for you know it didn't have like all these cool pictures around it and a background in the room that let you still think you were actually in the DeLorean. It was just the DeLorean itself and the screen you would stare into as the DeLorean moved around in a 3D motion type scenario. Which was fine by me. Because I would much rather do something like that than wait two and a half hours in the hot sun 
which I wasn't used to, having been from Oregon. So I rode this ride, and it was amazing to me. I loved it so much. And they asked me, do you want to ride it again right away? And I was like, yes, I do. And I got to ride that thing twice in a row without waiting, which to this day I've never been able to accomplish at any place except SeaWorld where there's never anybody there so I can ride all the rides instantly without waiting in line and then ride them again instantly, but they still make me walk all the way around to the entrance to the ride even though I'm already there after I've ridden it, which is pretty rude, but maybe they just think that's a way to deter me from riding it twice in a row. Either way, I gotta say... One of the best memories I've ever had in life on vacation with my family and I, and actually the only vacation with my entire family we ever went on because we were poor is when I went to all three theme parks and did not wait in line for any ride because they knew I had cancer. I gotta say, that was a fantastic time in my life in regards to the theme parks, but a horrendous time in my life medically. And I, you know, I wish I could not ever have had cancer, but it, it, it's just the way it is, you know, and to have it was bad, but to have people out there who cared so much that they accommodated my entire family in this way to give us something that they believed we would never have, which was a vacation together was just amazing. And I got to say, thank you so very much. It wasn't the Make-A-Wish Foundation. It was called Twilight, the Twilight Foundation. Uh, but either way, it was basically Make-A-Wish. And, you know, to those companies, if you get an opportunity to give money, do it. They do great things. And I thank you very much, folks, for listening to the Peter Gabbett Podcast today. I hope you're having a wonderful time out there. Please do not protest because that will spread the COVID-19 and keep us all indoors even longer. And I will talk to you tomorrow. Now, although having cancer was the worst of times, being with my family at those theme parks back when I was 12 was the best of times. And to signify that in song form, please listen. Here is Sage Francis with the best of times. took it because it was well worth it got to read a couple books and do some research before i reached my verdict never thought that i was perfect always thought that i had a purpose i used to wonder if i'd live to see my first kiss the most difficult thing that i did was recite my own words at a service realizing the person i was addressing probably wasn't looking down from heaven or cooking up something in hell's kitchen trying to listen in or eavesdrop from some other dimension it was self-serving just like this is Conveniently religious On Easter Sunday and on Christmas The television went from being a babysitter to a mistress Technology made it easy for us to stay in touch while keeping a distance So we just stayed distant and never touched Now all we do is text too much I don't remember much from my youth Maybe my memory is repressed 
Or I just spent too much time wondering if I'd live to have sex I fell in love for the first time in fourth grade But I didn't have the courage to talk to her In eighth grade I wrote the note and slipped it in somebody else's locker Considered killing myself cause of that It was a big deal, it was a blown cover It was over for me, my goose was cooked Stick a fork in me, the jig is up Blew my chances, the rest is history Our future was torn asunder It became abundantly clear I was only brought here to suffer At least I didn't include my name Thankfully I wrote the whole note in code And it had ten layers of scotch tape safety seal Making it impossible to open Plus it was set to self-destruct Whoever read it probably died laughing I wonder if they lived long enough to realize what happened. A year later, I came to understand that wasn't love that I was feeling for her. I had someone else to obsess over. I was older, and I was very mature. I forged my time signature while practicing my parents' autograph because I was failing math. Disconnected the phone when I thought the teacher would call my home. Checked the mailbox twice a day. At the end of a long dirt road, steamed open a couple envelopes like I was in private detective mode. If you snoop around long enough for something in particular, you're guaranteed to find it. For better or worse, that's how I learned it's best to just keep some things private. It was the best of times. It was the end of times. child with a pen and pad writing a list of things I could never have walls in my house were paper thin every squabble seemed to get deafening if my memory served me correctly and made it a point to avoid and forget some things proudly to keep from being embarrassed never meant to upset or give grief to my parents kept my secrets hidden my talents in my head never under the mattress therapy couldn't break me never learned a word that would ensure safety so I spoke softly and I tiptoed off in the door to my room was like a big old coffin the way that it creaked when I closed it shut was Peak when it opened up As if everything that I was thinking would be exposed I still sleep fully clothed It was the best of times It was beautiful, it was brutal, it was cruel It was business as usual, heaven, it was hell Used to wonder if I lived to see 12 When I did I figured that I was immortal Loved to dance but couldn't make it to the formal Couldn't bear watching my imaginary girlfriend bust a move with any other dudes Figured out and then everything collapsed.